0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan. How's it going?
0: Jet lag is a real thing, even if it's just two hours, Amy.
1: Yeah. You've been hanging out on the West Coast this week.
0: Yeah. It's been good. I was out at the Anaheim Convention Center at the Anaheim right. Marriott staying out there and, and, and basically a preview of what's to come for the SBC annual meeting next year in Anaheim.
1: That's really exciting so first of all as you just said you are uh, you're a little jet lagged yeah what you're saying is our folks need to prepare now like you need to go plan to be in Anaheim next year but prepare now for the jet lag especially yeah. if you are in central or Eastern time Oh yeah
0: if you're Eastern time we had a couple folks come out from the Eastern time zone this week as well uh, for some site visit stuff and what well, they were struggling with the uh, at late at night. Because two to three hours, I mean, that really does affect you. I, I just throw that out there. It starts to be uh, noticeable on your body clock.
1: Yeah, California. I, I always have a hard time adjusting when I when I go there. So definitely, uh, I was talking to someone this week because you you've mentioned the jet lag a couple of times in conversations with with people, and someone said you probably need to go out a few days. <laughs> You need, you need to make sure you have a good little runway before the annual meeting with everything that you'll have on your plate and needing to make sure that you, you get your jet lag behind you when you get there. Not
0: a bad idea. I mean, you know, it's, it's right next to Disneyland. and Yes. you can go out for a couple of days, do that maybe, and get yourself ready for the SBC annual meeting. Because I think, like you and I both talk about, you know, the prospect of Disneyland after the SBC annual mm-hmm. meeting sounds great. Until Wednesday night hits and you don't want to move. And, and all, you're yeah, you exhausted. just, you
1: don't want to do anything.
0: So yeah, then, then the prospect of Disneyland after the SBC becomes a terrible, terrible idea. So yes, do it on the front end, you know, maybe yep. Thursday, Friday of the week before, take the weekend, you know, kind of refresh, right. get ready for the pastors conference starting on that Sunday and then get ready.
1: Or at least plan to give yourself a day between the annual meeting and going to Disneyland. Also a good idea. Like in Phoenix, um, I can remember, and we did our big RV trip after, and so that that was great. But the day after, my family had a an an appointment to go tour the Arizona Diamondbacks stadium. Oh, yeah. And I remember, you know, we're all excited about it, and when Thursday morning came. I looked at Keith and said, "I can't move to even get the two or three blocks down the street. So Not why don't you today. and the kids? Yeah, why don't you and the kids go?" Yep. And so they did. We, but but then our RV trip started, and within a couple of days, I was good and ready yeah. to you know see stuff. So maybe just give yourself a day. Yeah,
0: give yourself a day. Go to the beach, maybe hang out. Yeah, you know, hang out at the pool. Maybe I don't know.
1: That's right. Then you can start Disneyland. So
0: so yes, just just know that it does. Eventually get to you. All right, so that was that was something the I think the most frustrating thing about the west coast, east coast thing, Amy, is that I would get up in the morning out there, you know, have breakfast or whatever and say it's like eight thirty, nine o'clock and I'm going to my first meeting at, at nine o'clock. You're having lunch in Raleigh at right. that point. And it just was it, it was crazy. And then by the time I get back to the room at night or whatever and want to try to call my wife who's only two hours on difference. You know, I get back at eight o'clock. Well, she's been in bed for an hour because she goes to bed about nine o'clock, especially when I'm out of town. And you know, it just, it was just weird that the time difference is is substantial. So that's all just something to look forward to and think about next year as we go out to the West coast. All right. And you know, who uh, was also there, we'll talk about what I was out there for and kind of a couple of the events that we had out there in just a minute uh, when we get to the news part. But some friends of ours from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary were out there as well doing a site visit, and getting things ready for their big seminary luncheon and all their events that they'll be doing next year at the SBC annual meeting. And Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is our proud sponsor each and every week here on the podcast. And this summer, they announced a new name and vision for their undergraduate college. Scarborough College is now Texas Baptist College. Texas Baptist College exists to glorify God by providing trustworthy Christian higher education for more faithful kingdom service. Wherever God calls you, you can get the Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused education you need at Texas Baptist College. You can find out more at texasbaptist.com. That's texasbaptist.com.
1: All right, that sounds great. So it was good to see our friends from Texas.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Not I'm not saying I'm asking you cuz I wasn't there. Yes.
0: It was. It was. It was. So, uh, and uh saw some folks over from I think Guidestone was there and some Nam folks as well, so Always good, It's uh, these these site visits, kind of like a mini family reunion, so to speak, Amy. But uh, we were there for a pastor's event uh, on Tuesday, but uh, the big story this week, on Wednesday, after the pastor's event uh, that we had in Anaheim, Ed Litton, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and some others, including Alan Cross, a good friend of the pod, went down and did some work on the border and visited some migrant ministries down in Southern California and Northern Mexico.
1: Yeah, I was tracking this. This week, it was a lot. Of several great pictures on social media, and the San Diego Baptist Association, the local association, there is is very involved with the migrants that are near the border, really helping out. Uh, in a sense, I mean, kind of like disaster relief type work in helping them. So you know, we obviously we hear a lot about the border crisis, and certainly there's a lot of political discussions that happen about it, but. At the heart of it, there are real people. And so there are churches that are near some of these border places that are going and helping just to meet needs, to you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus. So this was kind of a, a, a great opportunity as the site visits going on, as kind of the rally is happening. A lot of people are out there that Ed Litton, it looks like uh, Ramon Medina, the second vice president, mm-hmm. was there. Along with him, and as you said, Alan Cross, and then some folks from the San Diego Baptist Association. Yep.
0: Julio Adiola from our office joined That's them right. as That's well. right.
1: I did see his picture, his picture there. So he, he was there as well, and they they got to really just help and see what's happening down there. So the local association provides breakfast six days a week to the migrants who are there that have applied for asylum, but are still waiting, uh, awaiting a response. And so a lot of them stay in Tijuana. That's right there. Uh, Have you ever been to Tijuana?
0: I've not, I've never been to Mexico.
1: Yeah. So when you, uh, when you're in San Diego, if you want to, you can, a lot of folks will go down there and I, I went down there, on a san diego visit years ago i think when i was a teenager and so it's it's very very easy to go at my family and i did that you know when we were when we were staying in san diego so a lot of people can but now these these folks from the local association are able to do that so it looks like they were there to help
0: yeah absolutely so that was on wednesday they went down and did that and just a great event and uh, Just to, to be able to see that, to see what's going on, like you said, San Diego Baptist Association doing some great work down there, and to participate in that. But also, on Tuesday at the pastor's lunch that we had in Anaheim, Ed Litton announced the theme for the 2022 annual meeting, and that is Jesus, the center of it all.
1: Yes, so he, he really is pointing toward that unity comes from a focus on Jesus. That's the headline of the Baptist Press story about it. And really pointed to John 17, that he was talking about Jesus' prayer for unity among all believers. And so he wants uh, wants to point people to Christ for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So we'll have some artwork on that. Uh, I know we have some stuff close to being done on that, and we'll have that information out soon. And I know, Amy, we had the event on Tuesday, the pastor's luncheon that Dr. Litton presented the theme at, and there was a panel Dr. Floyd led, and uh, Julio did some worship and everything. It was just a great event for pastors in the Southern California area. Uh, but Amy, we're only about five to six weeks away from hotel reservations opening October 1st.
1: It's always hard to believe when when it gets there, but it doesn't, it really doesn't there. take that long. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. take that long for us to start a new cycle and it's time to start planning again.
0: Yes, absolutely. So October 1st housing registration opens for Anaheim 2022 Jesus, the center of it all is the theme again for next year. So looking forward to that excited about being in California next year. Uh, it just, we got a really good facility there. A great hotel, very convenient, to uh, a lot of stuff there in the Southern California area, so be sure to mark that on your calendar, June 12th through 15th will be the dates will be out there, 12th and 13th is the Pastors Conference, 14th and 15th, the annual meeting, and um, just uh, looking forward to seeing Southern Baptist in California for the first time since 1981, been 41 years since we've been to California for an annual meeting.
1: That's pretty crazy.
0: So, Amy. Elsewhere, we have some kind of humanitarian work going on by Southern Baptist. So, we start in Haiti in response to an earthquake. They they got hit by a, a hurricane a couple of weeks ago, a tropical storm type hurricane, uh, not a not a major one like we've seen in the past. But then this past weekend, a seven point two earthquake hit the island of Hispaniola, and Haiti is uh, is really suffering right now.
1: Oh, it's just incredible. 7.2. I cannot even imagine. And uh, a lot of, I mean, I, I guess it's the numbers are probably still being calculated number of fatalities in, in this, just a very horrific situation. Um, and it has been, you know, something that obviously Southern Baptists sort of step in with relief efforts on things like this and send relief responded immediately working with local partners there uh, on the ground. But there's a story at Baptist Press where it kind of talks about what's going on there. It talks about a group called Baptists for Haiti that works uh, with mission teams there. They do have some employees there. They were there and they did not, you know, they they didn't get hurt, but they do know a lot of folks who had severe damage to their homes and and things like that. So there's a a story about exactly how things are being assessed and how Southern Baptists are responding. But most definitely, we all need to respond immediately by just praying for the folks that are there.
0: Yeah, the death toll has surpassed 2,000 as of yesterday. We're recording this on Friday. So as of Thursday, July the 19th, the death toll had passed 2,000 from Saturday's earthquake. So uh, just a, a lot going on for Send Relief down in Haiti, and also in Afghanistan, where Send Relief and World Relief are working together to help resettle Afghan refugees.
1: Yeah, boy, this this whole story has been very difficult. I know for so so many trying to just process exactly what's going on, and then also reflecting on the just horrific situation that we even can't anticipate that is coming for, uh, obviously, you know, we, we know there's some real difficulty coming for women and girls in Afghanistan, but a ton of Christians that are there. And so there is, uh, obviously a lot of concern about persecution. So this whole situation is very, very difficult, uh, but kind of an immediate issue that is being talked about a lot is just what to do with Afghan refugees, and many of them are have already been approved and are being evacuated even now. So I, I know there's a lot of debate out there about that. What we are doing, send Relief, working with World Relief, is to say, hey, the thousands of refugees that have been coming and are still coming, let's get started to welcome them. And uh, so that process has already begun there's a, a story here we'll put in the show notes. Bryant Wright talks about, you know, wh- as they are coming, they're they're leaving the country with nothing, like they're nothing yeah. but what the clothes they're wearing, they're leaving their homes, everything. And so helping them, but then also recognizing that those who are left behind, any remaining Christians, they will be targeted. And so praying for them, but then also figuring out ways to plug in and to help those who have been able to get out.
0: So uh, just a, a whole lot going on there in Afghanistan, like you said, and just a, a lot of moving pieces. And I'm thankful for the work of Send Relief and World Relief uh, to help resettle those refugees that are just you know trying to get out.
1: Right, and there is a way. You know, when you go to Send Relief, there's a way to give to that effort, also an opportunity to give to the efforts in Haiti as well. So remember that. That when we hear about these things. We can pray for these people, but we also can give to the efforts, even if we can't go to those places, or even if we're not in a place where refugees are coming and resettling, we can still support from where we are.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Some news from one of our seminaries up at Midwestern. They have expanded the Midwestern Women's Institute to an online opportunity. So they've got some new online theological instruction for women through the Midwestern Women's Institute, which is a certificate program that you can get both residentially and online. So I know a lot of our seminaries have uh, women's institutes. So Midwestern joins the growing list of online training for women.
1: Yep. So that's very, very cool. Excited, excited to see that. And I would imagine a number of women will, will want to access this. So really cool. Yeah. All right. Check that out.
0: Stand up in Missouri, Hannibal Grange campus last week had a big storm come through. Amy, this picture on the uh, BP story, something else here. I'm not sure what that once was, but it ain't what it was at one point. Um, It looked maybe an awning. Is that or used to be an awning? It's now scrap metal.
1: Yeah, an awning, a roof of some. It says, no, it says it was the roof. It
0: was the roof. Okay. The
1: roof of the student center.
0: Well, the former roof of the student center is now on the lawn. Wow, some really serious storms up in Hannibal Grange.
1: Yeah, this says so. So when the roof came off, then obviously water, you know, completely filled the building. So it's a huge section of it, and um, says that they probably are not going to be able to use it at least for the fall semester. And that's bookstore, food services, campus ministry, everything. So there's no no injuries. Everyone was fine, but uh, it's changed in an instant changed some of the way they're going to do things there for the, for the first semester, at least.
0: Yes. So uh, be in prayer for our friends up at Hannibal LaGrange uh, as they, you know, it's, it's bad to lose your student center. It's really bad to lose your student center like the week before the semester starts. So, you know, that, that's just a kind of a wrench in things, Amy, trying to trying to figure things out last minute like that. So, So let's be in prayer for our friends up at Hannibal Grange as they navigate, which what I am sure is quite the detour for their plans for the fall and uh, as they kind of recover from the storm and the after effects of it. So that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week, Amy. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds.
1: You know, sometimes I like to give kind of big moments that we think about, you know, things that had significant impacts on our convention or sometimes just tell fun stories or just interesting things that that pop up but this week I wanted to focus on a global news story and exactly how the uh, actually exactly how Southern Baptists were affected by it and so I actually have three Baptist press issues to put in the show notes because it was uh, several that that got sent out because this week, it marked 30 years since the beginning of the fall of the Soviet Union. So it was August 19th when sort of the 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 first thing happens uh, with the, the really the coup that that had overthrown and put Mikhail Gorbachev on house arrest, cut off his communications, you know, all of those and and things Sort of developed. I mean, it, it really it was August 24th when he resigned, and then it was, uh, that there was kind of a swing back, and then it essentially over the next few months just completely collapsed. But it was 30 years ago this week that it that that all kind of really some of the events, the dominoes started to fall. So I looked at what Baptist Press was covering, and there are some just some really interesting stories that are in there. One, the first one by Art Tolston on the, the 20th, where it, it says, you know, Gorbachev overthrow casts cloud over hopes he fostered. And so it, it talks about some of the uh, reforms that he had, was beginning to to bring into play and how it affected the, the religious, you know, issues around the world, how it affected religious freedom. So there's some quotes there from uh, from a vice President of the foreign mission Board, Ison Ballinger, just talking about the impact that this had also as you go down in 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 that uh, it, also as you go down in that story there's a there was a group that was getting ready to go on a short term trip um, from the foreign mission board. It was some young adult volunteers that were headed to the Soviet Union. They were planning to leave and trying to figure out okay, I think things are getting a little crazy over there. What, uh, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? And are we going on our trip? So there's kind of some discussion about that. The next day's issue, there's a great article from Sarah Zimmerman that talks about the deaf ministries that were being established in the Soviet Union and what, how Gorbachev's policies had kind of allowed for that, how they were being impacted. And then there's another story the day after that about about missionaries in Moscow and what they witnessed when they were there. So, you know, this is something that a lot of us, I mean, I was in high school when it happened, but I think that was the year that I was taking um, world history. It also gave an update that they were still allowed to go. This team of young adult volunteers were still allowed to go to the Soviet union. That issue did. So, but I was in world history at the time when this happened. So we certainly were talking uh, we're talking about it and, and watching it with great interest. Our teacher was explaining to us what was going on. So a lot of folks can remember when this happened, but I don't know that everyone remembers how it affected our work over there. So I'm going to put in the show notes uh, just a few, a few things. Uh, a lot of what was going on with the Foreign Mission Board, missionaries that were on the ground, and then even how this affected, you know, discussions about religious freedom abroad. It's also interesting to think about, kind of how we deal these days with countries from the former Soviet Union and what all has developed in the last 30 years, but I'll save that conversation for another day. I will just say uh, that there is is some reflection. I've seen some news stories about that this week, marking that 30-year anniversary, but we were also talking about it as Southern Baptists and how it impacted our work. And so uh, folks were, were processing the collapse of the Soviet union this week in SBC history,
0: 1991. Right. Very cool. All right. Well that, that all that talk with being so close to the Olympics makes me only think of the Olympic unified team.
1: And That's Svetlana,
0: right. Svetlana Boganskaya.
1: That's right. I remember Ooh.
0: We talked about. I think you and I texted about a couple weeks ago. So
1: yeah, yeah, and uh, Tatiana Gutsu, I think, was part of the unified team as well.
0: She was the one with the bangs. Yes, I got you. Yes, yes, she won the all-around title in the '92 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. There you go. That's
1: right. That's right. She was from Ukraine. Okay. But the unified team, you know, was they were from all over, so they couldn't be the Soviet Union anymore. But I guess they had all been training together, so
0: you know. There you go. Yeah, and yes, and was a teammate of Svetlana Boganskaya. That's right. So there we go. All right. Which is a fun name to say. That's that's all I got there.
1: I, I'm guessing it is since you've said it several times. Yes.
0: It's a fun name. It's a good name. It just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. So, all right. So, that brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is?
1: It's a new book that I have ordered, but I haven't started reading yet. It's by Gina D'Alfonso. Uh, so, she's a, a a writer, you know, that writes a lot of articles out there that have run in different publications, but she has written a book called Dorothy and Jack, the transforming friendship of Dorothy L. Sayers and C.S. Lewis. And so these are writers, people that uh, a lot of folks have probably read their stuff or been influenced by uh, some of their Christian thought. Uh, But what she does is take, there was a fan letter that Dorothy Sayers wrote to C.S. Lewis and um, after that fan letter, I think, you know, several years of correspondence unfolded as they admired one another's writing and, and, and things like that. So this is just a, a cool thing to sort of demonstrate a, a, a great friendship among two um, thinkers and uh, folks who are highly respected. So I saw it and I was pretty excited, pretty excited to see that.
0: All right. Very cool. All right, my resource of the week is a new ministry from Eric Reed. It's called Knowing Jesus Ministries. It's based in what Eric calls a theology of suffering. Uh, many of you know Eric Reed, whose son Caleb died in 2019 at age 15, and uh, just uh, the the whole story there. And uh, Eric's theology of suffering uh, through the lifelong trajectory of health cha- challenges. Uh, that he and Katrina, his wife, had kind of experienced because of uh, Caleb's uh, condition. Uh, But uh, just a really, really great new thing. Eric was uh, my pastor when we lived out in Lebanon, right before we moved here to Brentwood. Uh, But he launched uh, Knowing Jesus Ministries last year, but uh, really kind of got everything up and rolling this past summer. So uh, that just launched a story in Baptist Press about that. So some good teaching ministry information there. From Eric over at uh, Knowing Jesus Ministries, so do check that out. Very cool. All right, so that's going to do it for our show this week. And uh, Amy, you know, I think things are getting really kicked off over at the seminary there. I know Keith is busy, and you guys got things rolling around uh, there in Wake Forest. I know all of our seminaries kind of getting things going. With the, saw some convocation messages posted this past week, so probably have some stories on those on next week's show. But I do want to thank our friends over at Southwestern for sponsoring us each and every week here on the podcast. And Amy, I'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.